Welcome to Checking In, the podcast that looks at the people, the issues, and the trends shaping the dynamic and exciting hotel business. We sit down with leaders, hoteliers, and industry experts as they share best practices, highlight smart solutions, and discuss strategies for growth, ultimately helping hoteliers better understand and affect positive change to grow their businesses. Now, here is your host, editor, and publisher of Hotelier Magazine, Rosanna Kyra. It's my pleasure today to welcome three Toronto hoteliers to our Checking In podcast. First off, we have Nancy Munzer-Kelly. Nancy joined the Shangri-La Group in 2019 and currently holds the role of Area General Manager of Shangri-La Hotel, Toronto and Shangri-La Hotel, Vancouver. Under her leadership, both hotels have been awarded the prestigious Forbes Five Star Award for two years in a row. Nancy brings a wealth of experience to her position, having worked across a number of luxury properties in Toronto, including Four Seasons, Soho Metropolitan Hotel, and, uh, and Liverton Hotels, where she was COO managing the Metropolitan Hotels in Toronto and Vancouver and the Hazelton Hotel. Next up is Conrad Griston. Conrad is the GM of the Four Seasons Hotel Toronto. He's the youngest of seven children, and he grew up on a farm in a village near Solden, a major Austrian skiing destination. His love of travel and desire to experience other cultures were motivating factors to become part of the hospitality industry. His first job in hospitality was as a rooms manager in training at the Four Seasons Maui Resort before heading to Australia, New York, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, and most recently, Toronto, where he's been GM of the Four Seasons Hotel for the last few years. And finally, last but not least, we have Tim Tercera, who's the GM of the St. Regis, where he's been directing the operation of the luxury property for the last three years. Prior to his appointment in 2018, Tim helmed the Ritz-Carlton Boston, and before that, the Ritz-Carlton in Toronto. Tim is a native of Bermuda and a graduate of the Cornell Hotel School. So good morning uh, to everyone, and thank you all for being here uh, on this, what appears to be almost a spring-like day in Toronto. So I know it's been um, a tumultuous period for the hotel industry in the last year, and I thought perhaps we could start off um, our discussion today with a little look back over the last year in terms of how this pandemic has affected you both personally and professionally. And I think this is a question for all three panelists. So why don't we start with Conrad first and, uh, and move our way through? Yeah, it's certainly um, a year to remember. Um, some... Or forget. <laughs> forget. No, I think remember because I think we, we, we learned a lot. And I think it will, we will look back a lot of times in the future and saying what it was actually, it was difficult. And I think it's probably the first time that the our industry has been literally being destroyed. Um, and it's not only in the Americas, it's like globally. I think it's one of those crises that, you know, normally during crisis we had, maybe it was centric in the US or maybe in Asia, but this time it was globally and it hit us like literally within a couple of weeks. We saw it coming, but we were hoping that it wouldn't come, but it came and it came um, worse than we've ever thought it would be. And I think what we've learned is that in the beginning, we, I think ma wearing a mask was like, oh my God, me, how do I guess gonna feel about this? You know, now is like, if someone doesn't wear a mask, 
how do your guests feel like because then they don't feel safe. So what we've learned is like we didn't know much about it in the beginning. We learned as we as we prolonged. We learned how to be agile. We learned how to be hopeful, but uh, like optimistic, but also being realistic. Um, it, I think, it taught us to be, to be, be a leader, but not being in control of a lot of the things. And that is probably the hardest thing because our employees, our guests, are looking at us to see, okay, what what's going to happen? Like, tell us what's going to happen. And a lot of times we couldn't control it. And I think we learned as we went, it's like, oh my God, it's coming. Second wave is coming. How we, this is not going to happen. And it happens. So it's um, communicating is, 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 is key, even though you don't have anything new to communicate. And I think that's what I learned the most. Like, even if I didn't have anything to communicate, we make sure we have every Friday check-in for anyone who wants to, to, to get an update from the hotel. There's always something how we can fill a half an hour of information and it's important for us to stay connected. And um, and for us, it's we never give up. Um, if you look at it, I've been 20 years before seasons, I've been through three crises. This is definitely the worst, but we always came out of it. So this might be um, a little bit, takes. this will take longer, um, but um, I'm hopeful and looking forward to it. So you've touched on a lot of really great points, Conrad. I mean, so much in there um, and so much has happened in this last year. And I think I really um, I like your point about, you know, you've lost all control, basically. And this is an industry where and in any business, really, it's all about, you know, controlling all the different details that go into every day. So so that was quite interesting. Um, Nancy, from your perspective, what does the last year look like for you at the hotel? Well, I would definitely agree that we have uh, certainly been taken out of our comfort zone. Um, mm -hmm. It's been incredibly challenging for the travel industry and of course for all, all hoteliers. Um, I think what it's forced us to do is to be very creative. You know, in many ways we've had to reinvent ourselves in order to stay relevant. And I think, you know, this, what this meant for us at the Shangri-La was you know, offering, uh, you know, a variety of different experiences, changing our plan as to who we focused on, working with local partners and other brands and figuring out how to give additional reasons for people to come to the hotel. So, um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, we quickly jumped on to Shangri-La to go and <laughs> the delivery was not something that we ever thought we would be doing, nor did we think we could be good at it, but it was something we had to do and we had to figure it out very quickly. So I think that's one example. Certainly um, the digital world, uh, acceleration of digital and technology has been a key theme. And, um, you know, that's all related to figuring out contactless and no or low touch uh, activities and offerings. So, uh, and above all else, uh, of course, safety and security has been top of mind. So we've had to learn an awful lot as it relates to that. I mean, personally, it's been extraordinary. Um, I think I've become more compassionate. And I think uh, probably, hopefully, I have a more caring uh, leadership style than before the crisis. Uh, I think it's also taught me to reflect um, and you know, not take things for granted and really appreciate the, the very simple things. And certainly our colleagues are at the forefront of 
that thought. You know, um, what we've been through is just um, you know hard to describe in, uh, in in you know a few moments, but uh, it really is extraordinary. All right, great. Well, a lot of great points in, in there too, and we'll come back and um, maybe just um, expand on some of what you said, Nancy. I think there's a lot of interesting uh, topics in there. Tim, how about from your perspective, what does this past year look like for you at the St. Regis? Well, uh, firstly, I, I echo my colleagues, uh, everything they've said. And uh, so I'll, uh, I'll try not to repeat because I think we've, we've gone through all of those. Um, I will say that along with them, it's certainly been my most challenging year ever. I mean, I've been, you know, since I guess university and in management for just over 40 years. And, and this is easily, the most challenging it's uh, it's ever been, uh, both professionally and personally, and and sometimes they they don't always converge. Sometimes it, things are are mostly uh, professional, or sometimes you know it could be personal, uh, but this has absolutely converged together, um, and uh, with uh, it's been devastating to our industry. I, I think it's brought uh, huge attention to our industry. I, I think our industry has been taken for granted. Um, in so many ways, and uh, and I think uh, you know one always likes to look at a. Uh, I'm a hopeful, positive person by nature. I think probably most of us are. Otherwise, we wouldn't be kind of doing what we're doing. Um, and we each had to sort of find a way to get through this because none of us like what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's uh, either from a personal perspective or from a professional perspective. And I remember early on. As, as we do our, um, uh, our our talks with our with our colleagues, our teams, um, you know, I, I said uh, right at the very beginning that uh, each of us, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. None of us imagine it'd be this long by any means, but I think each of us have an opportunity. You can either thrive or dive, mm -hmm. and, and I choose thrive uh, because uh, there, there's nothing good that comes out of diving. Uh, of kind of giving up and, and so forth, however long this may go on for. And uh, so I've set sort of, I guess, personal goals for myself, both professionally and personally, to um, to get myself through this um, in order to get our teams through this. And I certainly find uh, myself spending a lot of time with our, uh, with our hosts, St. Regis hosts, we call, um, here at the property who are here uh, working and, um, and really spending time talking about their families, about what they're going through. They have questions about vaccinations, all the things that we kind of talk about in our own personal lives and amongst us and, and spending more time doing that. And, and you know, today is uh, one of our daughter's birthday. I mean, this will be the first time in 34 years we've haven't been in with her. And she lives in another country, but we've always made a point to be somewhere together at this time. The first time ever, the first time ever I've not been back to Bermuda in last year, ever. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot of pent up, and I know we'll talk about it later, but pent up demand, both personally and professionally, for us to get back going. But I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pause uh, there, and, uh, but agree with uh, what everyone has, has said. It's uh, really been remarkable, uh, a remarkable journey that's uh, not over yet, but, uh, well, but hopeful. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned a lot of really great things, and I love the thrive and or dive, and I think that really kind of solidifies it for a lot of people. Um, the past year has been so different. We've had so many different stages, you know, from total lockdown to, you know, partial reopening and everything in between. Um, I, I guess in the early days, were, were all of your hotels pretty much closed uh, for the for the first while? And, 
you're now obviously reopened, but obviously business isn't where it used to be. Can, can we talk a little bit about the different stages of where you were at the beginning and where you are now? So maybe Conrad, uh, you know, can you start off? Sure. So um, we closed the hotel um, around 23rd of um, March, I think. Um, if many of us followed followed suit, I think um, Nancy was the only soldier who, um, in the luxury setting, <laughs> uh, stayed open. <laughs> and I, I remember that we had a phone call. Remember, I think um, maybe just at the end of the year, November, December, when we went into lockdown again, I said, what are you going to do? She said, oh, we stayed open so long. I'm not going to close now. So, um, and so we are staying open. And um, so we shut down um, until July 10th. We opened the hotel again um, on the July 10th um, with just the uh, rooms and room service. And then uh, we um, we added as, as restrictions um, lifted, we added the restaurant and the, the spa. And um, we got, you know, we I, I think our expectations, our appreciations for any kind of business um, have dropped significantly. Um, that you are happy when you have double digit occupancy <laughs> and it just, you know, it's just a hotel without guests and employees has no energy. Yeah. It's actually a really odd place. Um, even while we worked during, of course, there was always the core committee here and 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 working on opening strategy. And when you so cl- close for so long, you also literally you're starting with a reopening. You're training everyone, and you know the core team is involved, and they know everything about the virus and what you need to do and the procedures and the flow of back of house, front of house, how you're going to protect it. But our employees who have been at home, they, we, we came quickly to, to realization that they didn't, they don't live every single day on the virus and what's not, what's going to happen. So there's a lot of education. There's a lot of them training and, and it is quite surprising. And, and we quickly realized that, our employees did not know how to do their jobs as quickly anymore. Yeah. There, there was bottles falling and there was like someone was cutting, like it just, really, you, you, yep. you, you came out of practice. So, so we had to learn that one. And I'm sure you both agree, Tim and, and then we're going to have to do this again. As soon as we open a restaurant and the spa, we're going to have to do this all over again and train them again because a lot of our specifically FMB team have not been working since November. So that means it's almost the same kind of closure that if we had from March till July. Now we have November till March or April. So um, we again, we what we've learned, don't assume you need to ask, do you know what to do? And everything needed to be learned, like even in the cafeteria, that there is one person, one table cleaning it, no more buffet, and we talk about that later. Everything has changed. And um, I do remember the first time I went in the cafeteria, and I have to say, I did not like the feeling. Because that's normally a, a, a place where you get together and mingle. And even if there is, you work in a different department, this is the time you see the majority of your team. And this is always a good energy, right? There was no energy. And I have to say, I the first couple of days, I'm like, I don't want to go down there. I, I don't enjoy my meal like that. Right. But as, as with everything, you get used to it. And now I go down and, you know, we have conversation from here to three tables down. We all look one direction. But it's still important for us to have a cafeteria that there is still people we, we interact. And I think what Tim said was very important. 
seeing someone and speaking to someone and look someone in the eyes is is so important and it will never I, I'm a hundred percent sure virtual will be there it will be a part of us for a long time and probably a bigger part that we probably would have thought it would be but it will never replace the personal interaction never well it's a people industry above everything else so that yeah. makes total sense um, and Conrad, that's a really good point that, you know, sometimes it's harder actually to open and close and open and close than staying closed for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe Nancy, you can speak to that because I know, you know, they were saying you were open, uh, one of the only ones. So tell us a little bit about how it worked from, from your perspective. Why did you remain open when many were closing around you? Well, that was absolutely one of our goals. The fact that we knew that it would take a lot of, we obviously didn't know everything about, you know, what the effort involved in uh, shutting down and then reopening. But certainly that was one of the things that came into consideration when we did decide to stay open. Um, but I do remember um, at the very beginning being so concerned about keeping people healthy and safe particularly our colleagues, as we did decide to stay open. And that was a concern because we didn't know very much about the virus at that point. And we thought a lot of it was by touching services, et cetera. So that, I found that to be very, very stressful. But one of the other reasons why we decided to stay open is that because of our proximity to all the hospitals, we really felt that we would be able to be you know, helpful and support the community as it related to healthcare workers. Um, now, the fortunate thing, fortunate and unfortunate, was that um, a lot of the hospitals on University Avenue did not actually uh, become overwhelmed like initially we thought was going to happen. So uh, we didn't necessarily get as much business, but we did support them in other ways, um, which was really great. But I think, um, you know, Conrad touched on the uncertainty and the change, the open close the restrictions, um, you know, being lifted, being locked down again. I think that's what, you know, the ever-changing environment and to stay on top of that and to understand, you know, what that means for the hotel, what it means for our colleagues and absolutely training has been, um, you know, something that we've uh, had to put a lot more effort and time into. Um, you know, as government restrictions lift, you know, obviously they'll continue to be in a very slow and gradual way. Um, but we all know we need the US border to open in order for us to, to recover. And I think that's still a ways away. So um, there's still a lot of work to be done, um, but we have been open. And in, in many ways, I'm very thankful for that in that, um, you know, just keeping people here and um, keeping keeping the hotel uh, lively. The fact that we do have guests, um, you know, there's a lot of services that are not available, but um, being able to stay open has been uh, very beneficial from our end. Excellent. Tim, how about from your perspective um, in terms of opening and, and closing and everything else in between? Well, I've had the pleasure of opening this hotel now three times. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when we when we took over management of, of the property and we came the Adelaide and then when we rebranded as St. Regis, which is absolutely doing a new opening, even though you don't close, mm -hmm. but it's doing a new opening and and, and very difficult to do when uh, the car is still moving and you're trying to change the wheels on it um, and uh, change all the body work as well. 
Um, and then we, we closed as well. Um, and we reopened, we closed March 29 and reopened on uh, August the, the 4th. And um, the, uh, you know, we were almost in some regards a little naive, not the first time we reopened, but I think as occupancies get boosted for over the New Year's period and then also Valentine's uh, for us, we, we got uh, quite, you know, busy. It's all relative, but it was certainly, you know, certainly busier without question. And uh, we, we realized that we should have had our, uh, some of our team members come in even earlier uh, than we did. And I was talking to a, a gentleman who's, I mean, very capable uh, server in, in our Louis Louis restaurant who's uh, helping with the, uh, with the you know, delivery and takeout component of it. And he said, Tim, uh, you know, I, I, I needed to carry a tray of wine glasses and my hands started to shake. Like I literally forgot how to do it. And, and I needed to go literally, you know, 20 feet and he got a cart instead and said, whoa. And it was almost, uh, it, was a, it was a sad moment for him. Um, but, you know, he realized and we talked about it. And this is the, the power of, of talking and, and learning that, you know, from him. And we already knew just by what we saw uh, that we needed to bring people, our, our, our hosts in sort of earlier. But hearing it from him that way was made it even more real um, and how personally it affected him. And, and he's all good and we talked about it and we had some laughter as, as well. Um, but it's been very uh, challenging. And I, you know, as, as restrictions, um, you know, as, as we get better at everything in terms of, you know, behaviors, as we get vaccines um, in, which we really need to, to do on a very, very urgent basis and, 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 and catch up with other parts of the world mm -hmm. and especially south of us so we can get this border open. Um, you know, we, we, you know, restrictions will get relaxed and, and hopefully we can have as much notice as possible because we need this time to, and staying in touch with our team members and people are, you know, people are, they have to survive. And, and, uh, and there's been lots of tools and mechanisms that I think have been put out, which have been very helpful to everyone. Uh, but people also uh, have taken on other jobs and part-time jobs are doing whatever they can do to, um, to, to thrive in, in this environment as, as best you can. And so keeping in touch and it's, uh, you know, it's like a, you know, it, it's probably a two week notice for, for, for a number of our hosts that we have to give them to say, okay, we want you back. Well, I actually can't come back on Wednesday, but in another week from then I can come back. And, uh, and we need to be flexible and, and helpful to them because they have, uh, we're in a partnership together. We have wonderful, wonderful, uh, Hosts, and uh, we need to respect what they've had to do as well. So it's been a uh, an incredible learning, and and uh, the uh, all of the different and each of our brands and, and companies have have very strong um, um, programs around cleanliness and safety and so forth. And it's just a massive learning that was ongoing. And Conrad, when you were talking about when we were closed, I mean we were busy, busy doing things that we'd never done before and learning and becoming experts at certain things and uh, yeah, co yeah, contact tracing. And, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy, if there's any incident, I'm the guy who, who does the final, you know, the crisis management and, and the uh, uploading to corporate, making sure they're aware and public health and so forth. And, you know, um, it, it's and our team have done an amazing, amazing job in keeping each other and our, and our guests safe and, and healthy. So.
And Tim, you touched on an interesting point, and, and that's there's been a lot of instances where uh, businesses haven't had very much advance notice in terms of when things are going to change. And all of a yeah. sudden, in two days, you know, everything's open. And then, like you said, you have to give your employees notice that you need them back. So that must be creating a lot of stress for you as operators. It, it does because the, you know, the, the pent up demand is massive and, um, and, uh, but we also need to be safe, but uh, it's, it's difficult uh, that you can't just open the restaurant on a, like on a whim. I mean, yeah. you, you, you can't. So, but, but that is what people want to do and we'll do it safely. And, uh, and I think our, our industry um, has done it, has done an excellent job. And, and uh, when we have been open and, and how safe we've, we've operated, and uh, you know, if there's any rogue players out there, they need to be dealt with. And it seems that the um, uh, the government agencies are now more equipped to do that, uh, which I think is good. Um, so that those of us who are who are doing a terrific job um, can uh, can stay open and and really get things back in and start to bring some normalcy back into people's lives. And um, and you know, I agree with with, with Conrad that. Uh, you know, Zoom and, and you know, these virtual meetings, certainly they'll be taken advantage of. It's accelerated. Uh, I mean, re I remember uh, years, I mean, many years ago when I was in my regional role with Marriott, you know, looking at, at this type of where you'd actually go into a, 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 a boardroom where it'd be set up where you'd literally have a virtual meeting that was very, very lifelike. Mm -hmm. um, and that never really took off. Well, boy, it's, <laughs> it's taken off now, but it won't replace uh, that's what we're absolutely convinced uh, it won't replace. So let's talk a little bit about how your business has had to change over the last year in terms of your offerings. Obviously, guests haven't been able to come as normal, so you've had to pivot like every other business out there. What were some of the areas that you were able to pivot to? I know, Nancy, you talked a little bit about delivery uh, as an example. Um, that's not something you think of when you think of a hotel, right? You don't think of hotel delivery. What made you do that and how did that work out? And, uh, and where are you at with that today? Well, we're still at it. And um, you're right. It wasn't something that we necessarily concentrated on. But honestly, we, um, you know, with, so we've always offered uh, in-room dining. And because we're open the whole time, that was you know, part of our core competency and, and core offering. So we had to think of different revenue streams and we had different food and beverage uh, ideas. And we were focusing on local residents and of course um, their downtown residents as well as the residents that live in our building. We have condominiums in uh, as part of the Shangri-La uh, building. So we knew we had an audience and um, we felt that we had the food and beverage product so why not, um, you know, adapt to delivery? Now we learned a lot going through that. A lot of delivery is about packaging and not necessarily about the actual food um, that you're offering. Of course, it's high quality, but it's how it carries and how quickly it can be delivered. So we went as far even to try the, the delivery part of it as well, and taking that on ourselves. But we quickly wow. figured that Uber is much better at that than we are. <laughs> so, um, uh, but we, you know, I think there that will continue. You know, that is an example of what has. Um, accelerated as far as you go to some great cities like New York and you think about their delivery services. I mean, there's so much 
so much more than what Toronto has to offer. So I think this has escalated that in our offerings and we'll continue to try and be part of that space. Um, you know, with no indoor um, dining, you know, at one point in time, we were lucky enough to have our patio in operation when we put a lot of focus into that area, but then that got shut down, of course. So then we had to move to be a little bit more innovative with what we do offer with in-room dining as people came for staycations and overnight stays. Um, so some of the things we did, we, we partnered with um, local luxury brands to work together to try and create an interesting and tailored experience. Uh, we did things like in-room wine tastings, you know, via Zoom and in-room uh, cocktail making classes. Um, but one of the very successful partnerships we had was creating a theme with the Pico for an up-press ski theme. So it really helped people feel like they were getting away and experiencing something very different than being in, you know, an urban hotel setting. So um, that was very, very successful. And then also with going back to delivery for one second, sorry, we also had, to, uh, as certain occasions came up, we um, uh, started to offer sort of signature uh, products like afternoon tea. And um, that went over very, very well for Mother's Day. So we decided that that should be something that should be a regular offering. So we do that on the delivery apps as well. And then we did other uh, kind of fun barbecue kits for Father's Day. So it was really just being agile, looking for creative ways to, um, you know, get additional uh, offerings, a different additional revenue with the already, you know, in-room dining, um, you know, that we were already offering. So, so Nancy, was that a successful initiative for you in terms of bringing in the dollars that you wanted? Well, it is. It's a lot of work for, for not that many dollars. I think that's, um, you know, that goes without saying. But, it, you know, it kept us busy. And I think more importantly, it kept us relevant, right? We had something to talk about. We had something new to offer. And, um, you know, a lot of what we've had to do during this time, during lockdowns, is, is stay relevant with our with our clientele. So that's that's been very important. And then one more example I just want to touch on that I think is a good one is, um, you know, we didn't have a retail site prior to this. I know it's not it's not all food and beverage related, but um, we started an e-commerce uh, website. And part of that website offering was using our, um, our food and beverage, but specifically our honeybee wall to uh, create different products to be able to offer online. And um, that's been, that's taken off incredibly well. So things like, um, you know, we worked with a local microbrewery to do a, a honey lager ale. So, mm -hmm. we, and uh, in addition to our other honey products, we did uh, honey soap and we did, uh, you know, beeswax uh, food wrap. So we really tried to create, a, you know, a, a more integrated story and offer a number of different um products uh, all you know stemming from the fact that we have this sustainable bee wall um honeybees on our on our food floor so that was a really fun project actually and uh, has been very successful sounds like you were doing a lot of great new things so that's wonderful mm -hmm. um conrad how about from your perspective obviously cafe Baloo is a very you know it's a destination place uh, very well uh, you know very successful what did you have to do differently during this period where people weren't coming into the restaurants as normal? Yeah, I think it's um, just, I won't repeat everything that, that Nancy went through it as well. I think um, 
Um, you're absolutely right. Like three years ago, someone asked me to um, have the, uh, the rotisserie chicken for takeout. I've obviously said, oh, you can't do it. It's not the same quality. Like all, you know, we just, we are not set up and we want, we want our guests to enjoy it in the atmosphere. And it's just, it's not just the food, it's like the atmosphere, right? Right. But what did we have to do? I mean, I have to say, um, and we haven't touched much about um, touch base on that one, is the residents. I mean, as the hotel business was diving down, our residents were flooding back from, from south of the border and all the snowbirds all of a sudden was here and they wanted to be entertained. Right. They they like, OK, I'm cutting my snowboard trip away. So I want to go to the gym. And that's it's always right. following those uh, guidelines very, very um, closely um, to make sure that we open when everyone else is opening. And um, so we've, we've made sure the same that we offered takeout food. Specifically, we had um, three course meals that we sometimes prepare just for the residences and see, hey, every week we have something different for you. Um, I agree with Nancy on packaging. Um, it is um, different to do, to take leftovers home from a restaurant where it's like, okay, that's a leftover, but versus saying, I, you want the rotisserie chicken to take or, 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 or rose to take with you, that quality of packaging needs to be different. And the food is four seasons. The packaging needs to be four seasons. Right. And we actually never, we as a company globally, we we are only doing pickup. Um, and the reason being, they said, we don't wanna, we we can only control the quality up to where we actually give it to someone else. And so we we as a company globally have decided not to do any um, any deliveries, oh, not by ourselves or by any third parties because. We don't know what's going to happen, right? Is it being left in, in the hallway? Is it how long is it going? How, how much is it tumbled right. in one of the bags? So, we, I think the company down the road will work on um, a delivery option, but currently we are only doing for takeout. Um, similar to to Nancy, the afternoon tea is um, tea is um, um, is probably our top sellers. Um, we have some beautiful tower that actually it's just not it's just not. The, the afternoon tea it's also the experience and it, it shows that it photographs while it's instagrammable and so it has been really good and it travels very well so our guests are loving it and we just had one who actually ordered every week she orders afternoon tea so That's those are those cool. are some small success stories that we're really proud of um but i would also add to nancy's point that it's one thing is like you know every revenue you generate helps you reducing your cost so, you know, is it much? Sometimes it's not as much, but it still reduces your cost. Um, I think it's always important that our, our guests, they miss us, they miss our employees. They wanna support, they wanna hear from us. So I have to say our guests who come and support us, they're very generous, very generous with leaving extra tips or coming in and just saying, I just, you know, I just wanna see you guys. Yeah. So from that point of view, before seasons, I think in this area where we are, and we have always had a very, very strong following on Cafe Blue and D-Bar, which are local, um, I think it was crucial for us to, to, to um, start the takeout as well. Yeah, there's been a, an outpouring of affection for, for restaurants and hotels during mm -hmm. this time, which has been wonderful to see. Um, Tim, from your perspective, obviously Louis Louis is a great restaurant and attracts a loyal following. What did you do at the at the hotel 
um, from a food service perspective to create some innovation. Yeah, well, we quickly pivoted like every, you know, everyone else. And, uh, you know, the packaging actually very early on when we were closed, we, we actually tested the, the packaging um, of a number of different uh, restaurants that are, you know, well, well-known, great quality uh, restaurants and, and, and looked at the different packaging and uh, quite surprised. Some that I thought would be like amazing were, were not. Uh, and some that, uh, that uh, you know, I just didn't know were, were outstanding. So we learned from that. And we also learned that you know, everyone in the world is doing this and it's difficult to get the supplies and, uh, and the lead times. Um, so we, we do uh, have our food delivery uh, delivered. Uber is, is by far the, uh, the most popular and, and uh, delivery method. And uh, you know, we've done well with it. Um, we have uh, our Louis Louis menu is there, the, the King's Cake, um, is the, the number of King's cake, it would, it, it's mind boggling. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the sales we do every single day. Even, even through the pandemic. Every day. Incredible. And it's off the charts. Um, so we had, I, I guess, in addition to, to some of the things that have been mentioned for over the, the holiday period, uh, we created a holiday feast, which I think some of the other, others did as well. And our chef did an amazing job, something that he had done in his previous uh, property where it, it, he, had, uh, he had designed a, a box um, that had layers like shelves. So you have your different courses going in. So it's a very, very, very nicely done with the St. Regis uh, you know, logo and, and really, really well done and, and carried the food extremely well um, and uh, in the packaging that we had designed. Um, and we also did that for Valentine's and we'll do it again for for the sort of the, the holiday, the Easter spring sort of holidays and, 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 and sort of March break in April and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, great, uh, great reviews. Um, and uh, and uh, worked very well, and and we can actually uh, there's there's more demand than we had available. Hmm. Uh, so this is something that uh, that will continue, and some of these will continue even when we return to normal. Yeah. Uh, that uh, the people want to, that our guests will want to do this. Um, social media, I know, has been touched on, but uh, you know we're very fortunate. We have uh, very very strong talent in that area, and um, and this really allowed us to up our game even more and 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 it uh, became actually even more relevant and, and more important uh, for us and uh, and when you when you when you hit it right with the right messaging uh both from a room's perspective and a food and beverage you you it, what i you see the outcome like literally immediately mm -hmm. um and so you know what's working better what's not, and then sort of each week you're trying and, you know, different things. Right now we're obviously in a different phase because we're in lockdown. So, you know, one respects, obviously needs to respect that. So so the messaging is quite different right now, but we're, uh, we have on the shelf, <laughs> we have a lineup ready. For the rest uh, of the year for, almost, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, we have the recovery plan for the recovery of the recovery. Well, you're ready, so that's a good thing. So it's, uh, but yeah, and, and just using apps, and, and I know you touch on that later on perhaps, but the technology of, of using the different apps uh, and the ordering mechanisms to make it easy and seamless and touchless and so forth. And, you know, and, and you know, some things that you thought you would never do or that's, no, that's not going to happen. And, and uh, you know, the next week you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So 
Can we touch a little bit on buffets and, and you know, are buffets going to be um, a casualty of the pandemic? And I know when you look at hotels, maybe not necessarily in all of your operations because you're more of a luxury uh, hotel, but buffets are a staple in most hotels from a breakfast point of view, especially. Do you see the demise of them moving forward or do you think they'll come back once everybody is more comfortable? And anybody can answer this. Uh, it doesn't have to be. I'm happy to, to say, I think they're temporary for sure, they're seized. I don't think anyone is, uh, specifically the self-serve um, buffet. I think that is um, for, I would say for the, for the rest of this year, I don't see that's gonna, gonna come back. Um, I think there is what, what I'm looking and, and chatting with my colleagues overseas, um, there are buffets, but they are manned yes. and they're just very strict. So there, there is buffet, but it's just, um, the same as everything else had to be adjusted, buffets had to be adjusted as well. Um, and I think it's um, it's probably going to be probably probably specifically for like events and weddings. It's probably a little bit less in the beginning. Um, I think you're going to have set menus, service on the table. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you don't have a group of people gathering in front of buffet because that's where you connect and that's where people are probably without face masks. And so that's the reason I think that's the reason. I think I don't think they're they're gone. I think they're just paused on pause for okay. for some time. Um, that's what I see and what I'm hearing. But there is an alternative to the to the buffets, and um, I think they will come back. And obviously, that will also impact the banquet and catering departments when you have uh, conferences and, and meetings. So there will be a deviation on that front. Um, we talked briefly about technology, and I wanted to get into that a little bit. Obviously, the pandemic has accelerated the use of technology for restaurants and hotels. When you look at the hotel experience now, a lot of it is, you know, keyless, um, keyless check-in and mobile key. Do you see this continuing? And are you worried that all of these technology items will maybe make the, the industry less personal and more, um, you know, more tech friendly, but less of the personal element that we come to rely on from hotels. Um, Tim, maybe you can answer that. Um, I think uh, maybe the one that sort of, uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, the, the mobile check-in and the, um, and the keyless uh, entry, you know, that is the one that, that um, I think you're going to get different different types of guests who will have different comfort levels. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have some guests and, and we have, uh, we have both of those, but, uh, you know, we have some guests who use that, but they'll still come to the front desk and, and to the reception and, and talk to the people they miss. And so that still happens. And I said, I, I know I have everything, but I just wanted to chat and say hi. And, you know, how's everyone? And, you know, what have you been doing? And sort of having those conversations. But, you know, there'll be some certainly who just pass by and, and, and go, and that's what they're comfortable uh, doing. And, uh, and, you know, even some of those, those guests uh, were, were maybe more like that anyway. And, and that's sort of, and it depends on what the purpose is. They might be busy and so forth. So, uh, but in terms of the technology and the restaurants and, you know, looking at you know, the menus and, and the QR codes and so forth, you know, I don't think that takes away 
um, from. In fact, I think it enhances because depending on how you set up, you know, you have wonderful pictures there and descriptions and, and people sort of are, are having more discussion around, oh, let me see what you're going to consider. And they're looking. So there's more conversation. And then, you know, when our when our servers and server assistants and, and you know, meet with the guests, that doesn't go away. And that that uh, engagement with with their guests uh, remains. So uh, I think it's it certainly has been accelerated, and um, but I, I think the personal touch will never. In fact, maybe even although it's been accelerated because of this gap in in uh, in people's you know staying home, and so I think there's going to be a strong thirst for people to talk and engage and so forth. So maybe it's just going to be all right anyway. So as we move to um, a recovery mode, and I know that's not coming tomorrow, but hopefully it's coming soon with vaccine distribution. Are you worried um, that certain hotels are going to be waiting a little bit longer uh, to get into recovery mode? And that, you know, we've heard a lot about resort properties doing well because consumers are feeling a little bit more comfortable being in a resort where it's spaced out business travel being what it is for the next while. Are you concerned for your hotel as a luxury property that it will take a little longer to rebound than perhaps some other hotels? Segments? Conrad, um, from your perspective, I mean, Four Seasons obviously has- I, 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 Honestly, I think it's, um, I would love to hear any of my colleagues. I don't think we know yet. Um, yeah. I think the borders are not open just with the local um, Canadian uh, um, business traveler, that's not an indicator for us. And, and even that one is very minimum at the moment. So honestly, it's too early to tell. Um, there is lots of studies in, out there, some of them saying it's gonna be 20% less, but the other one, they might be arguing and it's like, our, our business travelers are probably the ones who have the highest clients and they're the ones who need to meet with the people who have the money to invest and, and do the deals. So I feel there could be the same, that there is actually a high demand when it's, when it's safe to allow to travel again. But on it, honestly, it always goes back to, as long as the border is not opening, nobody's yeah. even consider us, nobody's talking to us yeah. because they just don't know. And you know, we, we are reaching now almost a year in next, this month. We can't say, well, it's happening this summer. We don't know. Right. It might be the fall. So I think it's a wait and see game, to be honest. Um, we all have our, our contracts. We all have our peace seasons done. So we're ready for them. <laughs> um, yeah. But the border, the border opening will, be the, will show us what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, local and, uh, local and leisure will be absolutely the first to come back, mm -hmm. but it's not sustainable just within Canada. Right. It, uh, so we'll, everyone will see this uptick and everyone will, you know, I think the restaurants will, will continue as, mm -hmm. as restrictions lessen. I think those, that's where we'll see the big success and, and that'll, that, I think that'll thrive. Yeah. Uh, but we just, you know, we just don't know in the office buildings around us, you know, what I did hear and it's hard to know, but just talking to some senior people in the, you know, we have lots of buildings around us and, and uh, where there's a, there's a realization that stay at home is actually not going to work. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also a realization that um, some aspects of stay at home are, are socially uh, very desirable um, for a lot of people. So I think we're going to see a mixture and I think it will happen naturally uh, because 
um, in terms of just spacing and getting people in elevators and all those mm-hmm. things. They'll they'll be, but uh, you know what I am hearing is that people will start as as you know as, as early as potentially as June. You know, start to do you know two or three days in the office, and and who knows? We we don't know, but that's what I'm hearing from sort of more senior people in the in the area, and then. You know, once you start to get a, a material occupancy around you, you know, then uh, then you're, you know, for us, our restaurant will open at lunch. Mm-hmm. And, and we know breakfast and dinner is a no-brainer, uh, but but lunch, you know, we can pivot pretty quickly on, uh, but that we need to see the, the buildings, are, yeah. you know, around us. Um, Maybe open. I would add, add to just, in regards of like coming back, and I think the luxury market in general, I have to say what we've had experience, I'm sure Tim and, and Nancy feels yeah. the same way. Guests, we have seen a lot of first time guests yes. who come to us because they they know this is Four Seasons, this is Shangri-La, this is that they they feel this is a, a very strong brand, mm-hmm. it's an international brand. And if I want to feel safe, not worry about what their protocol is going to be, if they're going to cut corners, sure. if they're going to have temperature checks taking um, at the at the check-in, if there is a hygiene manager, if they have partnership with like S Four Seasons has with John Hopkins, that that we've seen it in the spa, we've seen it in the restaurant, we've seen it in the hotel, and we really can uh, affiliate that with our brand is actually um, brings us the business that we maybe didn't always have because they trust us in Four Seasons. If I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to go to a brand that I trust. And and so it is actually, it's great because we know that we put a lot of efforts into our hygiene protocols and and it works that our guests actually feel and, and say, you know what, Four Seasons, I trust. And it is actually really good for the brand. Rosanna, I would agree that, um, you know, to answer your question, I think we're all in this together and I don't think anyone's better off than, um, you know, but uh, to Conrad's point, um, the fact, you know, just amongst friends and, and colleagues speaking with people, when we do get back to travel, I think having, um, you know, a reputation, a strong brand is really going to matter mm-hmm. because it will give people confidence to uh, feel that they can, you know, be safe, be secure, and mm-hmm. still get the outstanding service that, that they really want. So I think that's an important important point. Uh, I think having corporate and group business as you know part of our mix, is, you know those will come back a little later, um, of course, and uh, that makes it challenging for all of us. But again, um, video is not going to replace corporate travel, and it, it will come back eventually. But of course, we need mm-hmm. borders to open before that before that happens. So. Well said. And I think the trust factor is obviously huge and and the brands and and the perception of those brands as it plays into that. Um, I know, Tim, you were talking that domestic travel obviously is not enough for, you know, to sustain the the industry. Um, During this time, there's been obviously a lot, you know, the hypo local trend, you know, the hyper local trend where people are taking staycations or going to the hotel in different ways. There's also been a bit of a trend to have people working from the hotel space, you know, people that are working at home and maybe tired of working at home who turn to the hotel industry for that space. Have any of you uh, dealt with that trend or is it something that you've kind of stayed away from? 
we, we have it out there in terms of a it's, a, it's a marketing tool that we have and it's availability and, you know, work by day and, and so forth. And, uh, but we haven't seen a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, uh, you know, our biggest, uh, there's some, there's, there's, uh, in, uh, but it's not the majority is is leisure and uh, i think our our markets for all of us have expanded into this aspirational all of us have always uh, there's an aspirational luxury traveler both local and and international who you know perhaps doesn't stay in a luxury property all the time but for special occasions and moments and so forth they do and it's always been an important part of all of our business in addition to the the luxury travel who will only stay sort of in luxury but that's that that market or pie has actually grown. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think our, our guests are coming here for all the reasons that uh, that Conrad and Nancy have stated. Um, and uh, there is a trust, but they they want the St. Regis experience. They want the Shangri-La or the Four Seasons and they they, they want it safely mm-hmm. and, and they absolutely, and, and they comment in, in a very uh, positive way. And it's, and it's actually wonderful to share mm-hmm. uh, back with our hosts. Uh, because it is important for them to to hear that what they do is noticed, um, and we see it as as well. Um, but that's a uh, that guest is uh, is is going to I think continue for for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we desperately need the border open, um, and uh, for us it's got to be safe. So vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. We need to catch up. Um, and I uh, might even add rapid testing. And rapid, yes. We have a long way yep. to go on rapid testing to make it available, yes. to make it self-testing available. I think that yep. can save our summer. They can save our, our fall. Yep. If we have any small group weddings, anything that we can offer rapid testing will make a big difference. And um, going back to Tim's, um, the aspirational, what we felt to notice that guests who come for a staycation, for a special occasion, for a birthday, they actually book the suites. Our rate is actually very strong. And and this is what Four Seasons always made it very, it's like, if you drop the rates, the expectations gonna, the the rates, when you drop the rates, the expectations are not dropping. And so it's a very dangerous um, balance. So from our point of view, we might add packages that we can turn on and turn off, but we're really trying to be true to our, our, our rates because it took us years to get where we are, right? And so we want to stay there. And so, but the aspiration one is there. It's the suites will book for special occasions more than they would normally do, I would say. I mean, our, our upselling is is it's thriving and, and yeah. higher than when we were busier. Yeah. Same <laughs> here, we have half of our hotel is suites. Well, we you have, have the rooms available. So. We have the rooms available. But it's just, right. it's, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. People are booking it. And then we have a wonderful team of uh, a reception uh, who are, have just done an outstanding job in the upselling. Uh, They've done a great job with our rate. Well, I think there's so much pent up demand out there that when things get uh, to the next stage, you're, you you are all going to be busy, very busy. So as a way a to wrap thing. up our discussion today, I thought maybe we could end with um, what have been, I guess, the biggest lessons for you through this pandemic? Um, you know, a few of you may have touched on that earlier, but if you look back at the past year, what has stood out to you as, as an important takeaway? 
uh, I guess uh, leadership and management has never counted as much ever in, in my life. And, uh, you know, one thing I made a commitment, I was talking to someone uh, yesterday, you know, none of us like what we're having to do um, and this environment. So I challenged myself uh, at the beginning of the year, like, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to have a passion and enjoy? And, and, and I said to myself that uh, my goal, and I stated goal, and I stated to my team that I will be the best leader and manager that I've ever been in my life is I'm dedicating to this year. And, um, and so, and that means so many different things, uh, which, uh, I won't go into, but, um, and that's both professionally and also personally as well. Um, and that's, uh, in the, the learnings are obviously off the chart in so many, so many levels, mm -hmm. um, and that, uh, you know, there's been many, um, things that have happened in the world sort of before our generation um that have been devastating and lasted longer you know five six years and so and things that were you know and did not have a lot of the conveniences of our life right. today um so i think we we have to reflect on that and uh we uh, we have to be thankful uh, for uh the work that everyone is is doing at, at every level, no matter what they're doing from, from medicine to government and so forth. And that if we stick together and work together, uh, we will absolutely see this through and, and just having the vaccines in such a short period of time. And, and you're right on the, um, the rapid testing is, 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 is a, is a lagger that, that needs to catch up, but I'll, I'll stop there. Well, thank you, Tim. Conrad, how about from your end, your biggest lesson? Um, I mean, I always I, I, um, try to stay humble. Um, I always feel like um, it's quick and easy to think and look at people who have it better, countries that have it better, competitors who have it better. But I always say, let's not forget to look back um, because there's a lot of, lot of um, individuals, companies, countries who have it way worse than us. So I think we need to count our blessing what we have and be appreciative of this. Because there's always this like, I wish, I wish, but honestly, that, you, that moves the focus on what you actually have and appreciate what you have. So I think that's that one thing I, I have to say, and I, I'm probably Nancy and, and Tim would agree, an ownership that supports you, an ownership that trusts you, an ownership who will who sees you, who, who understands your decision, who understands where you're coming from, is I don't think ever been more important. Because a lot of things, what we were able to do, we a lot of times we are communicating. We had like, we had a messenger. Of course, we, we, we come up with ideas and strategies and, and what we would like to do. But it also needs to be supported by our ownership. And if you don't have that, um, it, it's actually, I think we will be in all in a very different situation. Um, and then I have to say self-care. I'm, I'm the first one to say, I, you know, there's days when you have good days and bad days. And a colleague actually, when we did the one of those one and one check and she said, it's not a good day, a bad day. You just need to, it's the same day. It's just what you make out of it. And uh, I focus on 
daily workouts. Yes, it's Zoom workouts with a group of people who I used to go to the gym at 6 a.m. And so it's five of us and one puts a program together. And every morning we, we see it and we show up and we continue. And the other thing is meditation. Meditation for me, it's the 10 minutes and it's really interesting. It will, in so many factors, meditation is helpful for, for, I think it's from a sleep point of view, but also a lot of times you could lose, you kind of like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. You know, it's not going away. So let's lean in versus not dealing with it mm. and get, get it over with. So meditation helped me a lot. I highly recommended it. And this is what we share also on those 11 o'clock check-ins on Fridays that we share these kind of personal experiences of what, what works. And sometimes we do a meditation with the spa manager for a couple of minutes. So humble, great relationship with ownership and also never take anything for granted. Great lessons. And I think the self-care is something that uh, we don't always follow. We, we tend to put ourselves sometimes at the bottom of the list we don't have Especially time. During a Remember, crisis. we always say we want more time. And now it's like, I don't want more time. <laughs> yeah, no, very, very important. Very important. Nancy, what are your takeaways? Well, certainly uh, Tim and Conrad have, have covered off most of the uh, most of the um, ideas, same sentiments as myself. But I think flexibility and agility have mm -hmm. certainly come to mind. And um, absolutely a tremendous appreciation, a new appreciation for our colleagues. Um, I think, you know, Tim mentioned earlier, appreciation for our business and mm -hmm. also uh, appreciation for our competitors. You know, I've had some great conversations with both Tim and Conrad and have really cherished those during a time that has been, you know, uh, challenging for all of us. So uh, I, absolutely the, the pandemic has, has taught me to, to, to slow down, to not take things for granted. And I think find joy in the very uh, small little things, time with family, of course, is a big theme for everyone. But I'm also very optimistic about, about the future. And certainly I feel confident about the luxury segment, you know, um, We've been so methodical and innovative in, in addressing every single concern or opportunity that we need to in this new environment. So I feel very, very um, you know, thankful uh, that we're able to do that. So I, I, everyone has said there's pent up demand. I think consumers are gonna have a strong desire to come back to, to the hotels that they love. And I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that our team, it's so nice to see, even though sometimes you have a small business or a little spike, they're so ready. They just want to work. They just they, they just want to work. So I, I am appreciative. Like, we just think, oh, my God, that energy and passion that you see when there is a few guests in the hotel, it, it's wonderful to see. So we are, I think we are set up good with our teams for the future, what's coming, coming to us. Well, it will be great to see full hotels, vibrancy in the lobbies. That's something that we're all looking forward to getting back to. And I know how busy you all are during this, uh, you know, these uh, turbulent times. So thank you once again for taking time to be here. I'm confident that all of you will rebound strongly. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> That's the big question. So thank you again. And, um, and I look forward to seeing you in person as soon as possible.
Nice. Thank, thank you very much. Very nice much. seeing everyone. This, is, this has been therapeutic as well. Yes. By the way. <laughs> it, it is my, therapeutic. Of my day. Been a take, this has been a take care session. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Checking In Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to rate and review our show. Also, make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button. For additional resources related to today's episode, please visit our website, hoteliermagazine.com. Until next time.